Hey guys, this is Hayden with uh, the Hill Pursuit Podcast. Um, today, episode 60 of the show. Um, and today is really straightforward. Um, it, I'm all by myself today. Mitch is out of town, a little busy. So um, this is a race recap of Eagle Man 70.3. Um, talk a little bit about everything. The day before leading up to the race, uh, race morning, we talk about the weather. We talk a little bit about something funny that happened with um, some food at a restaurant that kind of set me back and had to had to think on the fly, but that, that's in there. Um, race morning and the weather and, and wetsuits and temperatures and um, rain and talk about all the transitions. And, and what's also cool about today's show is I compare my my performance um, from this season to one year ago. Um, at the same race, Eagle Man 70.3 in 2021. So um, you see a little bit of the perspective and, and how things have changed with my own training and my own, my own performance and goals that I've set. So um, I think it's a pretty cool perspective to kind of see how things have evolved in such a short time and led to what I think is a pretty, pretty big improvement. Also, we cap off the show discussing goals for Ohio 70.3. So um, that's a few weeks away and, and coming up pretty fast. So I do dive into some goals related specifically to that race. So um, listen in, um, check all that out, and hopefully you, you maybe grab a, a nugget or two to take with you yourself. But um, if you are listening, thank you for doing so. This is um, Hill Pursuit Podcast where, you know, for the most part, we just sit around talk about what we're doing with our own training, maybe talk about some hot topics in the field or in the industry. Um, we're on social media, Facebook, Instagram, at Hill Pursuit. Um, we're also, <clears throat> we have, if you're listening um, through just the podcast, we also have a YouTube channel now. So find that, like, subscribe to all of our stuff if you can. We really appreciate that. If you want to start a conversation, leave a comment, ask a question, you can shoot us an email at hillpursuit at gmail.com. We would love to do that. We love when that happens. Um, and then lastly, we do have a website, hillpursuit.com. On that website, you can find access to all other podcast episodes. Um, we also have a daily blog where we just talk about fitness, training, life, any and everything in between, whatever's going on, whatever we're doing. And then we have a new coaches um, or coaching tab as well. Um, Hill Pursuit is going to start offering one-on-one -on -one coaching in the very, very, very near future. So keep your eyes and ears peeled for that. That's, that's something brand new, and we would love for you to take advantage of that. Um, we're starting to offer it very soon, but only for a small number of athletes. So, so please make sure you're um, following all of our stuff on social media here on the podcast and, and as well the YouTube channel so you can, you can get all the um, – all of those updates as they come forward. So thank you for listening. This is episode 60 of the Hill Pursuit Podcast, Eagle Man Race. Hey, what's up, everybody? Um, I'm on my own today for this one, but this is one that we, that Mitch and I both definitely wanted to get out. Um, this is a, a little race recap from Eagle Man last weekend. And um, unfortunately, Mitch is kind of 
kind of off the grid for a couple of weeks, super, super busy with work. And I think just traveling a little bit too. So, um, before it, before it gets too far away, we definitely wanted to get this out. So I'm just going to kind of handle it on my own and, um, and, and see where it takes me. But most recently I also posted in, um, the Hill Pursuit blog. So a full, um, full recap is in the blog as well. So if you want to check that out, you know, please do so. But anyways, the race was, geez, let me look, was the, uh, was the 12th. So a Sunday, so about six days ago now, six, seven days ago. Um, so Sunday, the 12th and heading into Cambridge, Maryland for Eagle man. Um, I traveled with a friend, which was, which was great, but you know, about six hours, um, in the car the day before, um, we're looking at the weather and the weather just looked absolutely terrible. Um, so, we didn't have, you know, super high expectations for the day of the race, which, you know, which is never, which is never fun. You know, you train super, super hard. And of course, in an ideal, ideal scenario in a perfect world scenario or setup, you know, you have the ability to, to race well and, you know, attempt to PR your, you know, your time if you can. So, of course we have that in mind and we're looking at the weather and we see that it's just absolutely terrible, like thunderstorms, lightning. There's even some, you know, a couple thoughts run through our mind about the swim, even just getting canceled because the weather looked to be so terrible. So that was a little bit of a downer, you know, the day before the night before, but um, I'll explain kind of what happened later with that. But anyway, so that was really much of the, the day before we got there pretty, pretty early around lunchtime, which was great. Gave us some time to do our bike check, ride around for maybe 10 minutes, just make sure things were okay. And, um, get rid of the bike in transition, try to find some food, man, that was a disaster. Long story short, I didn't pack all of my food because I had eaten at this similar restaurant, the same exact restaurant a year ago for the same race. So, and it was great. Just got a really plain crab cake sandwich and I uh, hope to do the same. <laughs> Long story short, they messed up our order and we ended up not having food when we wanted it. So that also kind of threw a wrench into the day. So I had to scramble and figure out food, which lesson learned, bring my own food from now on for the entire day before morning of everything. So hard lesson to learn. It didn't go the way that I wanted it to, but, um, that has to happen sometimes. So lesson learned on that one. But, um, aside from that, the day was pretty, pretty typical. Um, I got off my feet very early, maybe even as early as three or 4 PM, 4 PM. I think, um, that, you know, got to my hotel, just relaxed the rest of the night, felt asleep really early. Um, but because I fell asleep so early, I actually woke up way too early and then I was able to fall back to sleep, which was nice. But, um, anyways, no issues sleeping. Um, woke up the next morning. First thing I did was check the weather and the weather looked great. Couldn't believe it. Um, the thunderstorms were going to miss us 
we were going to, we were expected to get rain for most of the day, but it seemed to be just light rain. Um, as compared to last year when it was like 90 and humid for this race and sunny, I'll take a, you know, we were really excited to just have a little bit of light rain, you know, for the whole day. But, um, so we were kind of ecstatic and very, very surprised. So we show up to transition super early, you know, around five o'clock, hoping that the, the water temp is wetsuit legal. And of course the entire week before the race of the temperature of course was not wetsuit legal, but the morning of the race, it was magically wetsuit legal at like 75.6. So, you know, 0.6 degrees under the, the cutoff. So somehow they fished around and found a cool, a cool part of the chop tank river, but it worked out. Um, so wetsuits allowed. So everybody's, you know, packing their bikes with fuel and making sure everything's good to go. Their shoes, sneakers, socks, you know, I'm doing the same. I'm fueling up a little bit. Um, I had a half a waffle, um, one egg, sausage patty, some goo gels and sipping on carbs the entire morning, starting from about two and a half hours before the race. So pretty normal, um, nutrition for the morning of. So things are going pretty, pretty smooth so far. We get to transition, started pouring, but it only lasted for like five or 10 minutes. So everyone kind of got a quick scare of maybe some bad weather, but then that was it. Um, the swim started without a hitch, no delays, nothing. So that was really, um, surprising. Um, but again, everybody's just kind of ecstatic to, to even just be racing. Right. So, um, we were all thrilled and I jumped pretty, pretty forward in the line for the swim start. Um, something I've learned from the past that everybody always jumps forward anyways, a lot of athletes do. And if you, you know, they, they, they call people over by swim time, expected swim time or swim finish. So I expected, I think going in, my goal was 40 minutes. So if I would have swam with the 40 to 44 minute group, then I would have started probably 20 minutes later. Right. So I jumped up to like the 30 minute group, which was a couple groups ahead of where I actually expected. But again, everybody does that. So I did it too. And I was glad that I did because I started the entire race only five minutes after everybody started. So they, there were three swimmers that went into the water every three seconds and there were, you know, 2,400 athletes. So it did take quite a while. The pros were in at like 6:40. age groupers started at 6:55. I was in the water by seven o'clock. So, um, ideal scenario for me, I felt, you know, I was really thrilled to have started that early, got, you know, start the day, try to avoid any bad weather that might come later in the day. So started the swim and the water felt really, really comfortable. Um, you know, not cold, not warm. It really felt comfortable. Um, you know, standing in the line waiting to start, you're standing in that line for like 20 to 30 minutes and the temperature in Cambridge, I mean, it was really humid and muggy. So everybody's sweating in their wetsuits. And, you know, the second that we got in the water, it was almost like we were, 
we were warmed up for it without even really warming up because our core temperature was probably elevated from just hanging out in line. So um, the water felt great. I started off real smooth, um, taking it nice and steady. Um, as compared to Mighty Marine Man just a few weeks ago, um, geez, that start was about 90 athletes all at the same time, like a mass start, but it was only 90 athletes, but it was still everybody at the same time. And, um, you know, there's technically 2,400 athletes in, in Eagle Man, but we started every three seconds, three swimmers went in and it felt like it was more spread out than even just a small local race. So I really enjoyed that. I felt really comfortable with how close I was to other people. Um, it was a counterclockwise uh, swim, which isn't great for me because I'm really not efficient breathing to my left. So looking for buoys, sighting for buoys and breathing to the left, which would be the side that the buoys are on. Um, I'm not efficient enough to really do that. So I still breathe to the right. Um, I was, I breathe every stroke. I sight about every three and I was much more <laughs> much. I swam much more of a straight line this year than I did last year. I remember getting a little bit off last year. Um, but because I was thrown off by how I was breathing and how I had this sight, but I was prepared for that. And I swam pretty efficiently in terms of straight line. Of course, you're running into people from time to time. People are passing you. You're passing people. You're running into their legs. You're swimming next to them, and maybe you brush into them by accident. That's expected. I made a couple turns, and the last turn, um, the last turn I made to the swim finish, the swim exit, was about another 400, maybe 500 meters offshore. And as I made the turn, someone behind me must have caught me and didn't just brush into my leg. They actually grabbed my leg and pulled me straight down. And that's the first time I've ever experienced that. Um, you know, I hear of people that are like ultra competitive, maybe pros. If they're in your way, get them out of your way. Sure. Right. But we're all age groupers. I couldn't, it just shocked. It shocked me that someone grabbed my leg and didn't just let go because maybe they accidentally grabbed it. They grabbed my leg and yanked me backwards. I couldn't back and down. I couldn't believe it. So I was pretty ticked when that happened. I came up for air real quick, looking around, see if I could see who it was. Um, you know, in the moment I wanted to give somebody an elbow or a shoulder <laughs> or more, but I couldn't figure out who it was. And that's probably a good thing. And then I kind of regained my composure and I was like, you know what, just get over it. Um, swam the rest of the way in. Uh, I looked at my watch when I came out and remember my, my goal for the swim was about 40 minutes. Last year was about 45 minutes, um, for this, for this race and for my 70.3 last year. And I looked at my watch and I saw 37 minutes. So I was ecstatic. I knew I was ahead of the game for the day already. And, um, you know, I felt great coming out of the water too. So a lot of positives coming out of the water. Um, I noticed it was starting to drizzle when I came out. So um, no surprise. I kind of knew that would be the case for most of the day, if not all of the day. Um, so headed to transition and transition at this race is just humongous. Like the transition area is normal, but they actually like weave you around 
it takes a while to get back to your space. So that's kind of frustrating, but, um, my goal for the total time and transition was eight minutes for both transitions. I think last year I was like 11 minutes and you know, that's just ridiculously slow. So I know it's a huge transition area and it takes a while to get there for both swim to bike and bike to run. So my goal was eight total minutes. I came out of transition one hopped on the bike in about five and small change. So not great, still faster than last year, same course, same transition, but um, it was like a minute faster than last year. So I still knew that I was okay, but um, I would have liked that to be a little quicker, but again, it was, it's a hard transition area. So start on the bike. My goal for the bike was about, I think I said 240 was my goal, uh, two hours and 40 minutes. Now, again, that it's not just like an absolute power number because it's dictated by how much I weigh, how much I'm carrying on my bike, what my bike weighs, a little bit of everything. But instead of racing for a uh, miles per hour, I was really just racing off of a power output that I'm comfortable with. And I worked with myself and my coach to kind of figure out and that power average was about 190 Watts over the course of the entire 56 miles. Um, long story short, I kept to that number. I think I was even just like 189 or 191, literally like right at the number 190, which is great for most of the ride. I was above 190 and I decided for the last like eight miles ish, to pull back a little bit, conserve some energy because I wanted to feel like I was racing the run and not just surviving the run. That was really big for me. So regardless of what my miles per hour came out to and how fast my ride was going to be, I tried my best to stick to 190. I even, I would say I finished above 190 and then kind of just coasted in the last like five to eight miles somewhere in there. But just to kind of conserve some energy, ended up averaging 190. So did I have a little bit more? Yeah, but I stuck to my game plan and it, it paid off pretty well because my run was fairly solid. But anyway, let's talk a little bit more about the bike. No real issues with the bike. Um, the bike at Eagle Man is extremely flat. Um, I was prepared for that. I'd raced it before and I raced Ironman Maryland, a similar bike course as well. So very, very flat. Um, there's good and bad with flat. The good is that you're not climbing any hills. Uh, the bad is that you're not, um, descending any hills, right? So there's no break. There's no time off. There's no coasting on a flat course. So good and bad, you know, you have to, you're working the entire time on a flat course. Um, you don't have small windows of really, really hard bursts like you would on more of a rolling hill or a hilly course. So that's kind of nice. Um, but again, there's really no coasting either. So um, I did my best to maintain a, a really a solid power output. And I did that. And instead of 240, I came in at 235 on the bike, which was, again, miles per hour. I don't even really remember. I think it was like 21, which is fine. I, again, I didn't really care about miles per hour, but moving pretty good at a good clip. Um, I'd say I weigh a little bit more than like a traditional triathlete. I'm about 185 ish somewhere in there. 
Um, so 190 watts for me is way different than 190 watts for someone who weighs 155 pounds, but uh, that worked for me and I still put up some pretty good speed. Finishing 235. Um, now what's, what's cool about the bike? So another thing about the bike, um, there was a slow rain the entire time. Um, at times it was good. At times it was kind of annoying. It never really got too heavy that I had to worry about my bike handling. So that was a positive. And again, it, it helped with kind of, uh, staving off a little bit of the humidity that you typically feel out there on that course. So anyways, finish the bike. Um, what's nice about the bike transition bike to run is it's long. So it's positive and negative. It's long, right? So nobody likes a long transition. You want to get in and get out as quick as you can, but it's kind of long. So that's the negative. Um, you know, you're going to spend some time in transition too, but the good thing about it is you get to kind of feel your legs before you start your run. And, um, I remember distinctly last season when I did this race and I came into transition, my legs were not feeling good, not at all. Um, and I actually ended up my knees or my knees, my quads locked up within a quarter mile of the run last season. And, um, I started off really bad and I ended up having a really slow run last year, but, um, anyways, Oh, real quick, before I forget my bike from last season was 249 and this year it was 235. So huge improvement transition. Again, I felt my legs this year and they felt great. So I knew that I was going to have a good run. I got into trans in, into and out of transition, um, like just about three something. So my overall goal of eight minutes, I didn't quite meet it, but I was under nine minutes. So I didn't really lose time because I was still faster than I was last year in transition. So that was a good thing. Um, started the run nice and easy. And at this point, my swim T1, my bike and T2 are all faster than last season. So I'm feeling great. You know, I'm really looking forward to racing the run. Um, so feeling really positive coming out of transition two. So for me, um, again, a little bit larger of an athlete, but for me, my slow runs when I train are right, are right around 10 minutes, 10 minute miles. Um, some of my tempo stuff is under nine, closer to eight, but I knew that if I could run a nine minute mile, I'd be right around two hours for the half marathon. Um, so it's a little humbling because although, you know, some athletes, um, although their bike isn't as strong as mine, their run is a little, is a little to a lot stronger than mine. So I see people pass me on the run, you know, running at an eight minute clip or a seven minute clip. And it's just like, you know, stay within yourself. This is still my race. You know, I have to race my race and what works for me. And for me, I can pretty, I can lay it down pretty good on the bike my swim is average. It was great for me, but my swim is average and I know my run is average. So I was doing my best to run my race and not come out too hot, not come out too fast. I ended up looking down at my watch and after about four miles, I'm running eight thirties. So that's too fast for me. This, this is, you know, a number of different things come into my, into my mind here. It's like, I'm trying to keep up with other athletes. People might be passing me or I see somebody and I try to run faster. 
you know, a couple of those things probably happened. And I was trying to force myself really hard to run slower and it's, it's difficult. So lesson learned there, <laughs> cause I do have another 70.3 in uh, about six weeks lesson learned. I'm definitely going to force myself to pull back that run for at least four to six miles and just preserve as much as I can. But I still ran really, really well. Um, last season I was stopping, I was walking, I was getting overheated. I ran the entire thing this year at one point. So if I would have averaged that nine minute mile coming out of T2, if I would have averaged nine minute miles for the entire half marathon, um, I would have finished under five or right around five twenty, five hours and 20 minutes for the whole race. So that kind of became my new goal as I'm coming off the, off the bike. Um, you know, you have these goals when you start a race or maybe before the race starts, but that all changes once the race starts, right? It might be really humid. It might be thundering and lightning, you know, there, it might be freezing, you know, some stuff you don't, you can't plan for. And, um, you know, you have these goals, but you have to be willing and ready to adapt. So for me, I adapted in the positive direction and felt that I could run under 520 when my initial goal was 530. Um, so I'm trying to maintain about this nine minute pace. And I realized, you know, I was pulling back a little bit and I fell off the pace, but I did it intentionally because I wanted to have a nice kick to the end at about the last 5k. I realized that that was not going to happen and I would not meet 520. So I kind of just coasted in for like the last four to five miles. I didn't have the kick that I wanted, but I still ran the whole thing. Um, there was some pretty bad rain on the run and it started getting muggy towards the end, but I finished fast enough that I avoided like the, the bad stuff. So, um, my overall finishing time for the run was two hours and three minutes, which was like a nine twenty pace, which is still great for me. So I was really pleased with that two hour and three minute half marathon. Um, and last season, I think I ran like 11 twenties, 11, 15 pace. So I was like 228. So I cut off a massive chunk there. Um, my overall finishing time was five hours and 27 minutes. Um, again, meeting the goal of 530. Last season, my finishing time was 614. So that's over a 45 minute personal record um, in a year's time. So I was as I'm coming to the finish line, I was just like, so thrilled that I was able to accomplish the 530 after a year of thinking I was a 615, you know, half Ironman athlete. And I know I have a little bit more in the tank, um, which leads me to kind of talk a little bit about Ohio 70.3, which is coming up in about five weeks now, not six weeks, five weeks. Um, and maybe what I would do different. So I'm hoping that I can still swim at about 40 minutes. I think that's reasonable, especially having just swam in 77, um, sorry, 77, 37 minutes. So, um, I think 40 minutes is still reasonable. I'd like to tighten up my transitions a little bit. So that'll make up for the time. If I swim in 40 minutes instead of 37, but my transitions are a minute or two faster, that'll make up for it. Just, just right there, even. Um, 
And then I also think I had a little bit more on the bike. So if I drop my bike to about two and a half hours, about a two thirty instead of a two thirty five, um, and then plan my run a little bit more efficiently. So force myself to start off at like nine thirties, you know, maybe even nine forty five for a few miles. Um, you know, get my legs, get my fuel in me and then really start to race that back half of the half marathon. I think, um, I think 520 is doable at Ohio in about five weeks. So that's the new goal is a similar swim, better transitions, a little bit quicker bike, and then a smarter run. And I think 520 is doable. So that's cutting off about seven total minutes. And I think that that is, I think that's possible. I think I have it in me to easily run a 155 half marathon. Um, I think it was in me. I just wasn't super efficient at the start of that run. And that's my, that's, you know, you have to make some mistakes to figure out what you can do better. And it wasn't a big mistake at all, but it was enough of a mistake that I learned from it. And um, I'm really excited for Ohio 70.3 now because um, I, I'm going to have a great game plan having just come off of this Eagle man race. And, you know, if I can execute it, I think 520 is definitely achievable. And I would, I'd love to hit that number after, you know, being basically being 615 a year ago. So that's the goal. I hope it happens, you know, but either way, again, you can't, you can't plan for everything. So, um, you know, if it's ridiculously hot, which is possible, or it's, you know, um, the swim gets canceled or the swim is really choppy or something like that happens. It is what it is, right. I'm still going to go out and put out my best effort. And, um, you know, 520 is just a number. I still want to race a good race, which is what I'm going to do. So, um, that's pretty much it for the Eagle man race recap. I wanted to get that out there. Um, I know Mitch really wishes that he was here too. He's super busy, so we'll catch him next time, but, um, thanks for listening. Um, make sure you check us out on all the social platforms. So, um, we're on YouTube now, if you're listening to the podcast, we are on YouTube now. So just search Hill Pursuit. You'll find us like subscribe, all that stuff. Uh, Facebook, Instagram at Hill Pursuit, the, the website, uh, hillpursuit.com. You can access this episode of the podcast, all other episodes of the podcast, the daily blog, a little bit of everything. Um, and, there's also a new coaching tab. We are starting to offer coaching in the very near future. So keep your eyes and ears open for that because that will be happening within the coming weeks. So there will be a coaching tab on the website, hillpursuit.com. Check that out as well. Um, and then lastly, if you just want to shoot us an email, hillpursuit at gmail.com. Have a conversation, ask a question, give some feedback. We would love that. We would love to have a conversation with you. So um, thank you guys for listening. This was episode 60 of the Hill Pursuit Podcast. We will see you next time.